Christmas is a magical season, especially in a community as giving as ours here in Savannah. Local radio DJ Mark Robertson joins today's commute to talk about his station's Christmas Wish campaign, and I also discuss the Empty Stocking Fund. Also, sports writer Dennis Knight joins us one more time to unpack Benedictine's dramatic state championship football win last Friday. Hello, Savannah, from all of us here at savannahnow.com. This is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I'm your host, Adam Van Bremer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor at the Savannah Morning News. We talk miracles on today's episode, both in terms of Christmas and high school football. If you saw the end of the BC game last week, you know what I'm talking about. But first, a word about our favorite office design firm and this podcast presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Producer Zach has been giving me a hard time lately about my talking about our pending office move in a call to National Office Systems. Well, let's just say I've been talking about it for quite a while. It hasn't yet happened yet, but it will. And when it does, I'll be calling Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems to help us outfit that new space. They've been helping Savannah businesses with their office needs since the 1980s. National Office Systems offers more than 200 product lines, including a new collaboration from two of the office furniture industry's leaders, Irma Miller and Knoll, also known as Miller Knoll. If your office space needs a refresh, National Office Systems can help. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now here's the Christmas giving conversation with 98.7 The Rivers, Mark Roberts. Very pleased to be joined on somebody with a very familiar voice, and that is Mark Robertson on 98.7 A River. Of course, my kids, uh, they would start listening, they do start listening to Christmas music in July. So when 98.7, when 98.7 switches over, I think in, in October now, maybe even early November. Uh, beginning November. Beginning November. They, they, that the radio is almost always pegged. Uh, to the river. And I was glad to have Mark on because for many, many years, I have listened to the Christmas wish donation drive that they do. Of course, there's a lot of organizations in town this time of year that do drives. We have one ourselves here at Savannah Morning News, the Empty Stocking Fund, and and they're all do a lot of good and really warm the heart. Uh, the Christmas wish, of course, involves uh, families of um, childhood cancer, basically. And, and the letters come in from from nurses and others over at the hospital that are that are caring for these children. And, and Mark has the, I guess you would call it the honor, but I know, Mark, you, you kind of struggle to get through. You choke up just like we do when we're listening. It's uh, an honor. Yeah. And it, uh, it wraps up. Uh, they read for two weeks. Uh, so they will read the rest of this week. The last one will be read on Friday. They will meet with the families on Fridays and, and work with the donations. But Mark, can you kind of talk about, how this got started and, and what it has come to mean to you over the years. It started because um, about, well, this is our 24th year. So it started when listeners were calling and saying, you know, it's the holidays and I really want to donate to, to a worthy cause. I don't, I don't really know who to donate to, but I'd like to keep it local. <laughs> and uh, at the time I wasn't aware of anything specific local. We didn't do anything. Mm. Um, and so we came up with the idea of there have got to be some people that are hurting and, you know, what could we do? The first year, which I guess was around 98, 99, whatever the, the year was, I don't remember. The first year we actually solicited and said, if you know someone who can use some help, send us a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it went well, except then we started getting people saying, you know, well, I know that family and then I hurt. And so we, we realized that um, we had to have a way to vet these letters. Right. So for two years after that, we actually had the United Way do it for us. They submitted the letters and, and gave us some information. We did that. But it became, I think, a little too much for them. Um, and somehow I don't remember how it happened, but somehow we ended up talking to Memorial because they have the children's hospital. And um, I think it was uh, Brian o. Gordon, who's in the marketing department, must have said, you know, well, you know, we, you know, maybe we could do something with the kids. You know, they're they're being treated for cancer, and they they can use some help. And you've got the nurses that are there; they can vet for you. And I said, well, what if the nurses actually write the letters about the families that they're working with? And that's really how it started. Mm -hmm. um, and so they wrote the letters. They really would, were not uh, professional at this. So we just asked them, just write the letter. Right. You know, dear Mark, and tell me about the family and what do they need and what are they going through? And it was a, it was a balance between what do they need and what do they want? Mm -hmm. uh, we really wanted them to tell us, you know, in the scheme of things, if they were talking to Santa Claus, what, what do they want? Yeah. But of course, it ends up being more what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and since that first year, that's every year it's been with Memorial. It's been with the Children's Hospital. Um, and so they basically have a team over there of either nurses or social workers. Either way, they're working with the families and they know them intimately. Um, and so uh, they know what the families need, what they're going through. And that's really how it how it works. They write the letter. Um, I usually get the letters about um, two to three weeks before we go on air with them. I edit them down because they're either too long or I just need to make it read better. Sure. And that's it. Uh, and then for for 10 days, well, for, you know, for 10 work days, I read a different letter every day. We have a website that uh, after I read it, the letter is posted there. And so if they're listening or, you know, if they talk about it at work and say, well, I heard this letter. Well, when do I see this letter? Yeah. They can actually go to the website and read it and share it and whatever they want to do. We also have on the website a place for them to figure out how they can help a whole list of options. And we also replay the audio. So the, the letter, the first time the letter airs is about 730 in the morning, weekdays. And then we repeat it throughout the day because people are listening at work and it gives them a chance to cry at work. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh i gotta i gotta donate and that's, that's how it works so right. uh for 10 days we do this and then uh we bait we bait we wait about a week between the last letter and and meeting the families uh we meet them at the at the hospital and one by one we don't do it in front of all of them so we bring them into a room and we just talk to them and whatever the whatever the listeners have donated and if they donate cash they don't get cash we turn it into gift cards um, gift cards, or if there's a specific item that they've asked for, uh, we'll go out and buy it. Um, we shun away from buying them clothing because we want them to experience the, the fun of going shopping, which otherwise sure. they probably wouldn't, wouldn't have. Yeah. And so that's, so this Friday, as, as we're doing this, uh, we will meet with the families of the hospital. Right. And um, we had a wrinkle this year because we had a, uh, we, we do usually, uh, out of 10 families, we usually do about six where the child has cancer and three to four where a parent does, because we know <laughs> if the parent has cancer, it affects the whole family. Um, and we actually had one very good letter one of the nurses wrote. Uh, the mom had very aggressive cancer. 
And um, the day before I was supposed to read the letter, she passed away. Mm. And um, so we substituted another letter until we can talk to the family. And the nurse talked to them and said, you know, what do you want to do? You know, do you still want us to do that? And they said, well, do it in her honor. And uh, and so in addition to the fact that the family was having financial issues with Christmas, now you've got the loss of a parent or in this case, a parent and a grandparent. (laughs) And so um, we read the letter a week late, but we still read the letter and explained what was going on. Yeah, it was a it was a letter that sparked it sparked my call to you. Of course, we had an op ed in the paper Sunday from a parent of one of the childhood cancer patients who really wrote a very nice op ed and complimentary to to you and, and and the nurses and everything that's done along these. As I mentioned before, it's as you're listening, you get choked up. You of course are reading it and getting choked up. How I don't want to say difficult, but that might be the best word. How difficult is it to to deal with with all of this uh, sadness? Well, I mean, it's, oh, hello. Um, (laughs) It's very difficult. Um, And I, you know, I don't, I'm reading the letter and and a simple word can trigger it and I get emotional and, uh, and sometimes I can make it through without, but it doesn't make it any less sad. Uh, And the whole idea is just to communicate, you know, think about what's going on in your life. (laughs) And if you've got a, a family that's happy and healthy, or if you run a business and it's been successful, you know, you've been blessed. How about sharing some of that? Right. And um, we, uh, the, the donations range from um, $25 to the highest we ever got was 10 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was about two, two or three years ago, a local business. Mm-hmm. Um, he donates every year to a charity and one of his employees called me to ask me about, you know, how do we do this? And I kind of told him and I showed them the letters and <clears throat> or I sent him the letters, actually. And uh, he said, well, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get back to you. And I thought, yeah, probably not. Right. Uh, and then literally within a week, um, he called me and he said, you know, can you come pick up a check? And I said, sure. And so I hopped in my car and went over there and met them. And he handed me an envelope and I got back to the radio station and I opened it up and and for a second, it was like, did I see that correctly? Right. Is, there, is there a decimal point in there somewhere that I'm missing? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he meant a thousand. And <laughs> it was it was remarkable. Um, and um, that doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, the only other one that got everybody very emotional um, was about um, uh, f- five or six years ago. Um, I had a guy call me. Um, and he said, I, I think one of the letters, the, the family, oh, I know what it was. The family lived out in um, rural area. I don't know if it was Effingham or wherever it was. And um, they were driving in on a regular basis to bring the kid into the children's hospital for chemo. Sure. And the car was, you know, would would break down inevitably. And he would, fortunately, he was enough of a, of a, uh, of a, repairman that he can go okay well i've got another car i could swap this thing here and and he'd get it working in but it it wasn't working out and they couldn't afford to buy another car and um i had a guy who called me um he worked as i recall and i don't remember his name which probably he's grateful for um he worked at gulfstream if i'm not mistaken and he said you know i've got this 
minivan that I've been trying to sell. And he said, I can't sell it. And he said, maybe I wasn't meant to sell it. Maybe I was meant to give it to you. Right. And uh, it wasn't a brand new car, but it worked. And um, I believe it was a 2005 Explorer, if I'm not mistaken. And he said, would you consider? And I said, yeah, sure. I mm-hmm. said, we've got a family. And he goes, I know. I heard the letter. Mm-hmm. So we, um, uh, he, he brought over the car. Um, he gave me the keys. He gave me the title. Um, we parked it outside the building. I didn't even tell the nurses that year about what was going on. Um, so we met with that family, I think, first, because uh, I really wanted, I was just I was just itching to have them see this because they didn't have any idea what was coming. And so um, we gave them everything that was donated, um, the toys and the gift cards and whatever else. And I said, thank you very much. You know, I hope you have a happy Christmas. And they're all getting up. And I said, oh, by the way, there was something in your letter. Didn't didn't you aren't you having an issue with a car? Mm-hmm. And the father said, yeah, we, you know, cars keep breaking down and we've got to kind of figure out how to get around it. So I, I kind of jury rigged this and, you know, whatever. And I said, just come with me. And the nurses were all were, were in the room with me and they're kind of going, what's he doing? And I brought them outside and I pointed to that white van over there and I said, that's your car. And he said, no, no, our car's over there. I said, no, 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 you misunderstand. That is your new car. And everybody was looking at me. And I looked over at the nurses and they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And just turning around, they they can't hold it in. Right. And the kids ran over to the car and jumped in. And the parents were like, is this really happening? And yeah. uh, the last time I talked to the hospital, they said that the van was still working. Yeah. Uh, and you felt like Oprah Winfrey, right? You, yeah, get, you a get a car and you get a car. I wish every year was like that. I wish we could right. do that. Right. Um, but anyway, those those are the two highlights for me, the 10 grand and the car. Right, right. Is is it fair to say that this is one of the more rewarding parts of the job? You oh, look yeah. forward to this every year. Yeah. No, I don't look forward to it. No. Uh, it's difficult. It's emotional. But when you come away from it, um, you've made a difference in 10 lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one year, 11, actually, we had leftover money. We gave it to another family that we didn't even read their letter. Does the spirit of giving in this town, it, it's it really, to me, every year, I guess, I think I said earlier, it really kind of warms my heart. Is, is that say a lot about the Savannah community? I think, you know, what did Anne Frank say in her diary? Deep down, I believe people are really good at heart. Mm-hmm. And I live with that phrase because I really believe it. I think there are people who want to give and can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, a an email from a woman this year who said, I've heard your letters for years and I haven't been in a situation to donate. And I am this year mm-hmm. and I'd like to help. And she gave me the name of the family and she said, I'm going to be donating something. Wow. And I said, I said, that's, you know, that's great. Um, and I didn't ask, you know, so how much are you going to send? Because, you know, for her, you know, a hundred dollars could have been a lot of money. Or, you know, so, um, yeah, I think people, I think people, if they know what you're doing and they believe it's legitimate and um, and if they're good at heart, um, if you move them, they'll they'll respond and they generally do. But you've got a lot of a lot of organizations and people that are asking for that. I mean, you're right. doing it and you've got Salvation Army and you've got all these groups that are doing good work and yeah. they've got to figure out who do I give it to. Yeah. 
giving trees and churches and yeah it's it's, it's an onslaught at christmas it, the, the spirit of giving is strong so 987theriver.iheart.com is your site and that's where we can see the letters yeah you don't even have to put the iheart just not 987theriver.com uh is the website and on the main page there's a uh, a link to christmas wish when you click on it, it'll take you to see all the letters, information, how to donate. There's a PayPal button. You can donate to our PayPal account right from the website. Okay. And, um, and, and that and, runs, that, that runs, do you shut it down on Friday or does it? No, it's up there all, all year. All year long. Okay. So you can go to that one. Uh, empty stocking fund through us is savannahnow.com. So if you are inclined to give this holiday season, please don't hesitate to, to, Look up Mark's site or look up savannahnow.com. And uh, I look forward to a couple more days of letters. And uh, he said, well, how, how long has empty stocking been going on for? 51 years. Really? Yes. Yes. It goes back to the to the Wally Davis uh, days of, of the Savannah Morning News. So it's been going on for a long time. And uh, it's a great service. It's a great service. But yeah. thank you for what you do. Uh, and thank you. Look forward to a couple I'm more. Days. Reading your letters too. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll keep plugging out. But uh, all the best to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And best of luck as as the drive wraps up. Thank you, and thanks to everybody who's donated. You know, from from twenty five to ten thousand dollars doesn't matter what you give. That's right. That's right. The spirit is knows no monetary value. But Mark, no. thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. Thanks once more to Mark. It's a real pleasure to talk to him after all of these years hearing his voice. Before we shift gears to BC State Championship, allow me to encourage all of our listeners to sign up for the Savannah Town Square Opinion Newsletter. It publishes every Tuesday and features everything you need to know to dominate the water cooler conversation at work. And you don't have to subscribe to the Savannah Morning News or savannahnow.com to get the newsletter, so there are no excuses. The newsletter is free. Visit savannahnow.com slash newsletters to sign up. Now to the BC cadets in my discussion with Dennis Knight. Joined on the commute one more time this football season by Dennis Knight, who I think is still drying out from what was a monsoon conditions on Friday up at the state championship game in Atlanta for Benedictine. And Dennis, let's let's start with that goal line stand. So Cedar Grove, I'm sorry, Cedar Town is is down by a point because they have missed an extra point and drove it all the way down to the one-yard line, inside the one-yard line, have five cracks at it, ran five times right up the gut, and got stoned, right? What's a... Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about for a second what led up to that. Now, Benedictine was at their own 27, between the 27 and 35 on fourth and one and decided – go for a fake punt fake punt that's right And danny Britt was uh was saying that was his bright idea to do that and uh he was just grateful that the defense bailed him out because that set uh that set set up cedar town to get down there to the one yard line they had a first and goal at the one and i think it was about a minute left uh but they were giving the ball to patrick gardner this guy's like 511 250 he had run for 100 yards in the game and he had been really effective in the second half. They gave him a couple carries down there, uh, along with their quarterback on one of them. But uh, the Benedictine front seven really came up big 
on the front line there, they had Jeremiah Thomas, whose nickname is Tank. Mm-hmm. And he showed why on uh, the defensive tackle there, along with Cole Simeon, the senior defensive lineman, and his classmate Elijah Alexander and Manny Pitts. Those four were up front, along with the linebackers, Wilkes Albert, Third Scroggins, and and uh, and Glover, uh, Kieran Glover, who really did a good job. I mean, I, I was thinking it's over here, you know, yeah. being on the one with four shots at it. But they uh, they buckled down and held them. We mentioned at the top that the conditions were sloppy, very wet, artificial turf field. You have a kicker that had already missed an extra point. Do you think the conditions contributed to them, one, not kicking a field goal, and two, not trying either a pass or something maybe out on the outside where the footing might not be as, as, as sure? Yeah, I think I think that played a big factor. Of their kicker had missed that that his name was Eri Velasquez. He had missed uh, the second extra point after the first one was a little shaky too, you know. And I guess on the season his stats weren't that good. He had missed a lot of extra points and and uh, wasn't too good on the field goal front either. So I think the coach was was thinking that was his best shot just to get it up the gut and the way the way Gardner had been running it, you know, uh, the confidence factor must've been pretty high from his standpoint. Back up to that fake punt. Uh, you said Danny Britt said that was his bright idea. Uh, I, I take it. He was, he was kicking himself for, for making that call. Why exactly? What, what exactly went into that call? Well, it was fourth and fourth and one. And, you know, they, they would have been able to run out the clock had they gotten the first down. Uh, and they gave it a shot in the up back kind of, he juggled the ball. Juggled, it right. been, yeah. yeah. It might've been hit the ground, um, which allowed the defense to, to get in there and get on it before he could, uh, make that play. But I think if he's looking back at it and it could change it, I think, uh, Danny would have, would have let, uh, Asher Sigmund punt that ball away and then, uh, let his defense do what it, it did all year long. You know, the defense was really strong. And the I think the rain throughout the game really affected the uh, Benedictine's passing game. They only threw for 100 yards, and uh, Luke Cromenhawk was 8 out of 18 for 81 yards um, on the night. And the one touchdown pass they had was the first touchdown of the game. It was a great call by A.J. DeFilippis, the uh, offensive coordinator. He called a, a, run, or a halfback pass. Yes. Cromo pitched it to the right to Houston Jackson, who's been getting some time as an athlete in the last couple of games running the ball. He rolled to the right, pulled it up, and and threw a strike to uh, to Zaquan Bryan for a touchdown. I think that was with under a minute left in the first half. Yeah, so that was a huge play to give him to give him that seven nothing lead. Then in the second half, uh, they got the ball to start and. Cromwell had his best pass of the game. It was a an out a deep out pattern to Rashawn Matthews for 29 yards. And then Cromenhawk had like a, a 32 yard run on that same series to set him up, set him up down there. And Rashawn Matthews had a 12 yard touchdown run. So that was the first drive of the second half that put him up 14 nothing. The one thing other than the the fake punt and the goal line stand that really stuck out to me about that game was the 
the shots of the BC fans that appeared on TV. It certainly looked like they had a, a huge contingent up there, very strong student section running all over the stadium to try to, to disrupt everything. Uh, I, I know you spent uh, uh, more time than you usually do in the press box, but can you kind of talk about the environment? It's a huge stadium, obviously, so that small of fans, maybe not that big a factor in the game, but maybe they were. Well, I think Benedictine might have the best, uh, the best crowd or home field advantage in the state, maybe, you know, with the, they, they have so so many alumni here in town and guys get out there, tr- travel up to the game. Guys from, you know, classes from the 1960s will be out there taking their grandkids to watch. And uh, and the student sections always the cadet crazies, they call them. They're always real vocal and spirited. So to have to have that coming up there was almost like, you know, somewhat of a home field advantage having that kind of, of support. And I think that goes a long way uh, to get those kids fired up, the support they get. All right. So four titles in nine years, two other Final Four appearances during that span. Uh, I wrote a piece for the newsletter this week saying, here's, you know, Savannah's always talked about their great high school, uh, their high school programs, but we never really had a dynasty. I think this qualifies. As you look ahead, I mean, there's no reason to think that BC is not going to just continue to reload, even with Calvary coming up, that BC is going to continue to get the top football players in the city and and continue to be a, 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 a contender every year, right? Well, yeah, Calvary is getting its fair share along with Savannah Christian. But, uh, you know, a lot of these young players are looking at, at this program and saying, heck, this is where I want to go. They won two in a row now. And like you said, uh, four since 2014. And, uh, now they're in a position where they don't have to rebuild. They just reload and they're going to be reloading again next year. I mean, they lose Zaquan Bryan. He's, you know, the great two-way player who's going to Minnesota as a, a corner uh, defensive back. Uh, but they got so much coming back. Luke Cromanhawk, that quarterback who is committed to Florida state. He threw for over 2,500 yards and 24 touchdowns with just three picks in his first year as a starter. Their leading rusher, Nasir Samuel, who ran for 919 yards, is coming back. Ack Edwards, another running back who uh, unfortunately was hurt in the final game of the regular season and missed the playoffs. He'll be back along with uh, the defense with, we talked about him earlier, uh, Jeremiah, uh, the tank, and Jeremiah Tank Thomas. And uh, then they got linebackers coming back, including Wilkes Albert, who led the team with 161 tackles. Bryce Baker, another standout linebacker and third Scroggins. Uh, So they've got a lot, a lot coming back next year. And, you know, there was question marks coming into the season this year where their whole offensive line had graduated, but they got that going. And now they have their whole offensive line, except for one guy, uh, Charlie Iannone. It's coming back. So uh, they've got a lot coming back, and and uh, it should be interesting to see how it goes next year as they, as they go for that three-peat. Yeah, and everybody, whenever BC makes a deep run like this, like just about every year, the question is Danny Britt. What's his future? You're not getting any, any indication that he's looking for bigger and better things, right? He seems pretty content where he is. 
Well, I had heard through the grapevine that he got offers, you know, after last season for some bigger private schools in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. But I think he really loves it here. Um, he's he's created a like you like you said a dynasty, and and he takes a lot of pride in it. Um, I think if he wanted to move on to the college level, you know, he'd probably have to take an assistant job to start out. Right. Uh, here's somewhere where you can run the show and really have an impact on on kids' lives. Uh, I think he's enjoying seeing all these kids going on to the next level too, and. I think he, he likes where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will uh, revel in him staying as, as long as he wants, because it's, it's fun every December to be talking about a deep playoff run for, for Benedictine. But Dennis, always good to talk to you. Um, good luck as you shift into basketball mode. I know that uh, there's some, there's a big holiday tournament coming up this week. I was looking at brackets yesterday to figure out what my schedule was going to be. My daughter plays high school basketball and uh, we'll shift gears rather quickly. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, there's some, the, the uh, holiday classic starts Thursday night and then it runs Friday and then Saturday. I think the finals are going to be at New Hampshire. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll look forward to that coverage. Thanks so much, Dennis. Okay. Talk to you later. That's all for this edition of the Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new Commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search The Commute with that Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app. The Commute returns on Thursday. We will talk to you then. (laughs) 